Molson Coors is launching an e-commerce platform so consumers can buy beer on their website. And Google is investing in ads for maps. Good idea? Bad idea? We talk about it next. You're listening to The A-Game. Welcome to The A-Game. My name is Jim Ganser. Joining me this week is our good friend, Hope Ho. Hi. Welcome back to the show, Hope. Thank you. How you been? Um, I'm good. And you might remember this young man. (laughs) It's been a while, but he's back on the show. Joel Hammond is with us. Hello. Between uh, travel and sick children and whatever else goes on in the daily lives uh, here at the agency, I've been absent, but here I am. Let's go. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank it, you. It was a very, very happy birthday for Joel. Um, he was actually served the gift that keeps on giving, the Hershey <laughs> pie from Burger yes. King. Holy, you know, uh, our, our avid listeners would remember my uh, dedication to Burger King, or affinity rather, for Burger <laughs> King, and the dessert there from uh, my first job. Geez, how long ago was that? 21 years ago. So my lovely coworkers surprised me with a Hershey pie for my birthday, and it was amazing. Shout out to Morgan Rocks. Yes. Very nicely done. And very good brownies, too. Amazing brownies. Yeah. I don't know if she made the, the qualifier of not her best work. She she tends to, you know, before she gives you something that is amazing, that she's mm-hmm. baked herself, she always says, eh, not my best work. And it's always like 10 times better than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Too humble so, and also a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect I think, storm, really. Joel, is that fishing for compliments? Do you think that <laughs> qualifies? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to really like blow up her spot when she's not here to defend herself. But it really is <laughs> like, uh, you know, this isn't my best. But it really is just sort of like, well, guys, can you tell me how good this is? I mean, and, and the, the, the funny part is she doesn't need to do it because her stuff is amazing. Anyway. All joking aside, she is an incredible baker, and she's very talented and very much missed this week. But uh, we've got a hot topic. We actually tried to record a show earlier uh, on this very topic today, and we had some uh, technical difficulties. But it's such a good topic. uh, I thought we would test it out with you guys and and, kind of take it for a spin. So getting things kicked off, we're going to start talking about Coors. And Coors has announced that they are, it's not really a story about monetization or e-commerce, it's a story about data. But what they're doing is they've taken this dead end, which is a beer website that people typically go to to, you know, join loyalty programs, not much information there, uh, historically speaking. And now they have put themselves in a position through partnership to bring an e-commerce component to their website. They started off with Coors, They're rolling into Blue Moon. And so essentially, any one of us could go to the website right now, CoorsLight.com, and order beer and have it delivered. So we kind of went down the road last week talking about this. I I think we kind of went in the direction of, you know, is this a good business play just from the consumer side of things? You know, that I think you could, you know, make a case either way. But I think from a business standpoint – this seems to be a win-win for, for Coors. Uh, Hope, what was your take when you read the article? Um, I thought that in general it was unnecessary. <laughs> um, I think that they're already delivering other places. So they're not actually delivering from their website. They're delivering through third parties called Drizzly and Mini Bar Delivery. 
and I looked at, I think, Drizzly's website, and there's, like, a $28 minimum. There is free shipping, but I think that it's For orders outside of Coors. Oh. Yes. This is different. This is, like, an affiliate program that they're running with Coors. And keep in mind that um, the benefit here is, you know, Coors can sell through a variety of chains, and they can sell through Drizzly, and they can sell through minibar delivery. Uh, The benefit here is they actually have clear-cut data that suggests this person bought at this time from this location at this frequency. So now you're in a situation where a beer company, which it seems like with the big money that these these companies make and the big money that they spend specifically in broadcast, that they've got really great data, but really it's a loose attribution because they're not only selling through retail, they need to sell through a distributor before that distributor can sell to retail. So they're two steps removed from the actual sale. And a lot of our clients, Joel, like, you know, we talk about uh, the Vigas and the Rigids of the world and manufacturing, they're not doing direct sales. Same, right, same thing. So there's, it's interesting because you've got this behemoth um, in terms of just overall sales volume that really has a glaring blind spot in terms of attribution. And they're finding like the teeniest, tiny, tiniest partner uh, with their own niche that's really geared more towards um, liquor store mm-hmm. um, value proposition than consumer value prop. And they're finding a way to back into this data. So one of the things that we talked about last week on the lost episode was like, who's got the most to gain in a situation like this? Is it Coors? Is it the Drizzlies and the mini bars? Is it the consumer? What do you think, Joel? I think it's Coors. I think it, it serves as an affirmation of, you know, I bet Coors and the Millers and, you know, the, the same company, but the, you know, InBev, AB, whatever, whoever the conglomerates are that own these, you know, mass produced uh, beers are these days. They have a pretty good idea of who their customer is, right? It's like it's probably it, – it skews male, right? Yeah. It skews um, what, 21 to – well, the age probably – it's a wide wide, um, wide uh, gap in age. But my point is they probably have a pretty good idea of who their customer is and, and from a demo uh, perspective. However, Jim made a good point earlier, you know, that – they advertise around sporting events and, uh, you know, big moments that they know people are going to be buying beer. This could give them um, insight into non-big event days. So so barring a Super Bowl, barring an NBA Finals, barring a World Series, when is Joe Blow buying beer? And do I then serve that person or that lookalike audience an ad? If I, you know, again, this probably is it pretty easy target to hit generally, but do I serve an ad at 4.30 on a Friday to X look like audience? I mean, so I think they've got a pretty good idea of what they're trying to hit in most instances. I think this will serve as affirmation of, of exactly what they're trying to hit when, like you said, Jim, I thought that was a good point. Like pizza companies are getting smarter about when they're delivering ads to moms who are making dinner per- dinner decisions at 4.30 on a, on a school day, this sort of thing. So I think it cer- certainly serves as affirmation of, of what these companies are trying to do. Hope, how valuable is this data, I in think, your opinion? Yeah, um, I think that this data is 
extremely important for cores because as Joel said, you can build lookalike audiences. You can kind of venture into places that you weren't before and you can really try to pinpoint those frequent users, those frequent or less frequent and try to build new audience segments from data that you couldn't otherwise from like broadcast. Um, I totally agree with Joel and the fact that Coors is definitely benefiting from this the most. I don't think the value prop is necessarily all the way there for a consumer, but even if a small fraction of people who get served the ad convert, then it's worth it for Coors. Mm-hmm. And what, in, you know, for you, you mentioned Jim, when you asked who gets the most benefit of it, for these smaller companies, like I get there, there may be, there's certainly a revenue opportunity for them to work with this giant again, conglomerate where it's going to drive a bunch of business to them. But I just don't see, you know, what's the what's the real opportunity for them? They're tied to this one person. Maybe it's larger scale, but I think the I think the the, the larger opportunity lies with the with the beer companies in this instance. I'm, I'm going to go on record and say that the Drizzlies and the mini, mini bars of the world actually have a lot more to gain, just generally speaking. And the reason I say this is Coors Light is investing in this. They're incentivized to drive transactions and sales in order to get the most out of their investment, right? They benefit from the fact that they've got this huge company with a huge marketing budget that's going to be actively promoting this. And what do you see when you go to the, the checkout on the Coors Light site? You see the logo for Drizzly. And then you click on Drizzly, you go to Drizzly's site, and you're like, oh, I can basically purchase beer, wine, spirits through an app. It'll be delivered within an hour Mm -hmm. to my doorstep. They don't upcharge me. You just pay for whatever fee there is for delivery from whatever vendors out there. So all of a sudden, these small shops, I'd be really interested to see what kind of contract that they've signed with Coors but they're going to benefit from all this awareness. All of a sudden, people are going to be aware of their brands. And really, if you go to their websites and you start looking into like the whole value prop and, and a lot of the collateral, it's geared towards liquor stores. Like my sales are down. People aren't coming into the store. I'm working with Drizzly. All of a sudden, I'm getting new customers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, 80% of the business that I get from Drizzly are new customers to my business. And they're repeat customers as well. So I would go on record and say that they actually have the most to gain. Is this like Uber Eats? Like, who are the drivers? Is it then like they – maybe you don't know. So to speak it's, to it's your point – It's along. Okay. It's yeah. just like Joel is delivering Hershey pies from Burger King <laughs> to, you know, otherwise normal appearing people. And people aren't coming to Burger King and ordering those. But all of a sudden, this platform is coming in, and I'm getting all these orders coming through yeah. to my computer system, and Joel's just popping them in the car, and he's driving. Yeah. So it's just pure pass-along cost. They're collecting all the data on it. I'm sure there's some kind of uh, subscription fee, yeah. technology platform costs. But it's just it's funny because I started in advertising in beer, so I, I know the, the industry very well. Um, because it's it's really the first industry that I started like digging into, and this doesn't disrupt the value chain. Distributors are still required to distribute, regardless if you've got a middleman transacting. Um, retail still needs to buy from distributors, 
So it does not disrupt the system at all. All it does is give cores more data to work with. Um, here's another question. Actually, wait, this wait, one's- be Wait, before you go, I just, as a father of two little yeah. children who um, sometimes has those two children by myself on a weekend night and who may or may not have an, a fridge that's void of alcoholic <laughs> beverages and who doesn't want to take those two children out. First of all, it's hard to get two kids in a car. Yeah. Oh, hard, harder still to get three kids in a car. Hard to get two kids in a car. Don't want to be judged by people bringing two kids to the grocery store to, to get alcohol. <laughs> yeah. This is a game changer. Yeah, this is, this anyway. is absolutely a game changer. Well, well, okay, but so going off of that, like there's a lot of other delivery services that deliver alcohol amongst mm. other things. So like you brought up Uber Eats and you brought up well, I'm bringing up like Postmates and um, even Amazon. There's like two hour shipping in select cities across the United States. And one of them is Columbus. My, I know people who regularly just get alcohol delivered with their Amazon stuff. Got it. Or like I buy groceries online and have them delivered to me and I can buy beer, wine, whatever I want and I can have that delivered with the rest of my stuff, wouldn't that be a better value prop? Or do you think that there is still a place for just retailers that sell and, mm -hmm. I guess, deliver alcohol? Joel, how does Amazon Prime work? When do you, when do you get your, your package that you order? Is it, is it same day? Is it one day? Is it two days? How does, how does Prime work? Well, I'm, I'm saying- I'm not a Prime member. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I know really? I'm, one of, I'm one of the few member, <laughs> few parents in the world who's not an Amazon Prime member. Help, I, help me understand I when I'm going to get my alcohol. I brought up two-hour shipping. <laughs> two-hour two shipping. Two-hour shipping for Amazon? Yeah, in select cities. You In select cities? Yeah, yeah, like in Columbus. Such as Medina, Ohio? No, <laughs> no. no not, not a select city? Wait, does Drizzly deliver to Medina? 60 minutes or less. Really? Boom. <laughs> so for those of you living Take that, in Amazon. Medina. So you don't have to go to Bueller's. Congrats. So I don't have to go to the Bueller's, which has a <laughs> a top-notch bakery. Bueller's my, donuts my are amazing. Incredible donuts. Incredible donuts. You can bring them sometime. <laughs> Not like over the top, like Yeah, fancy. Jim, why, why haven't you brought Bueller's donuts to the office? I was actually thinking about bringing them in on Monday. <laughs> okay. To great. be honest with you, I had better. this conversation with my wife <laughs> because we're putting some new processes in place and mm. everybody's just like shaking their fist at me saying... You're creating more work. But you know what I'll do? I will treat them to some Bueller's Donuts and everybody will come yes. around and we'll all skip off down the yellow brick road. And um, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but um, quick question. This one is a true or false question. This one's for Joel. Oh, boy. Joel, true or false? Everyone should refer to Coors Light as the silver bullet. Um, yeah, yeah. That's true? Yeah. It's in the affirmative? Hope, true. true or false? <laughs> Coors Light should be exclusively sold in a 22-ounce can. False. 22-ounce can? False. Incorrect. Incorrect. It actually should only be sold in a 22-ounce can. It should can. be sold in the can. According that You remember when they came out with the can that turned blue when it was at the, at yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. optimized, yeah. like, coldness? That yeah. should be the... But that was amazing. Yeah. So is this Although, just according to you? Or? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's oh, yeah. the rules okay. of Ganser. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I thought it would be fun to break it up because yeah. we, we were getting pretty serious there for a moment. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> um, so, Hope, we kind of talked about this a little bit offline. We were Who just should arguing. be concerned <laughs> about 
companies like Coors getting more data on, on um, purchasers, transactions. Should the broadcast world be concerned about a major advertiser getting more information about their consumer? Yeah, I mean, I guess they should always be concerned. Um, I feel like they have other things to worry about right now, but... Um, Such as? That's provocative. <laughs> connected TV, over the top, just TVs, standardized TVs not being sold um, anymore in 2020, perhaps. There's a lot of things that they have to kind of um, deal with. So I think that Coors going digital is the least of their concerns, probably. But I do think that there is a chance for disruption, especially if everybody in the beer and wine industry start taking things digital rather than broadcast. But as I said before, there's always going to be a place for broadcast in beer sales, especially for like the Bud Lights, who always spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads. Um, The type of reach and awareness that you get is just unparalleled. And I think that's for for brands that have, um, I guess, such a wide-reaching audience, it's just a natural fit. It might not be the most cost-effective, but it's definitely very hard-hitting. Joel, do you know how much money um, beer companies spend in advertising and broadcast? Uh, I mean, hundreds of tens of millions, hundreds of millions probably, probably. combined. Two hundred and fifty-four billion dollars. Well, I mean, technically that is hundreds of millions. Yeah. Well, technically yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, massive amounts of money. Yes. So huge sums of money. So we're talking about, you know, half half a percentage point decline in sales is up over a billion dollars. Sure. So that that's a big shift. And Hope brings up a good point with the disruption with regard to um, addressable television, OTT. Currently, they estimate 26%. I just read this the other day. 26% of television viewing is actually happening over the top Mm -hmm. currently. Mm -hmm. Only 3% of television ad sales is going towards addressable and over the top. Obviously, that is going to disproportionately grow. You're going to see huge gains in terms of... um, you know, percent increase year over year. So when you take that into account and you take into account all the other ways that people can be targeted, chances are money could start to migrate. But I think to Hope's <laughs> point, they've got a big problem regardless. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's interesting just to think about the model of a company that is, you know, spending tons of money pointing back to indirect attribution exclusively now they're starting to get into the data game. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to be learned for companies large and small. You just need to get to a point where you can build a strategic relationship where you can start to see the data and be able to optimize your spend accordingly. So it's going to be interesting to see how their their spend shifts and if, in fact, this is something that actually picks up at all. Who knows? I'm with Joel. There's nothing worse than going to a store <laughs> with two small children, (laughs) taking them both out of the car seat just to go get something to drink, (laughs) and then having to get them both back into the car seat, you gotta get them to hold your hand in the parking lot, it's crazy. 
Yeah, it's probably just me. so hard. It's <laughs> I... a game changer. Yeah, I mean, Jim, just to back up your point, I mean, when you talk, I mean, for these for these for these non craft brewing companies, for these massive these these, it's it's all about volume. And so when they start to see even that little tiniest blip on it, you've got to adapt. We've talked on this show a million times about disruption, disruption, disruption. It's coming to every industry, so you better be ready. And I think this is just another example of how a, a one specific sector industry is is adapting to. What you know shifts in their in their sales uh, trends or, or whatever you want to call it. Do you think they're late to the game? Coors. Yeah. In comparison to who? Anybody. I think the entire industry is late to the game. Yeah. Um, to be honest, and you know, technically, people have been buying alcohol online for years. Yeah. It's just that these companies don't have access to the data. Yeah. So it it really is a data partnership. Um, but I, th- I mean, in most cases, you can find ways to collect. But I just I feel like knowing what I know about beer websites, it's you know you put in your birthday and then what you buy a Coors Light racing hat or something. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like why am I here? Am I I'm checking for calories? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. Get with the program. Do you think they're just doing this just to? do it or do you think that they really see a big shift for themselves as a company well i think i think they're probably feeling pretty desperate right now because mm-hmm. they are they're falling into a commodity mm-hmm. business because there are so many new beers that are coming out on a daily basis the entire category of craft brewing is exploding yeah so they are competing with everything right now. In the past, they were competing with, you know, Bud Light, mm-hmm. Miller Light. They were competing with wine coolers, Twisted Tea, Joel. Joel. Um, Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> I don't like Twisted Tea. I always thought he was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Mm. That, was the first, uh, that was the first alcoholic beverage I ever tasted, actually. Ooh. Yeah. I, I think he might be a Mirnoff Ice kind My- of person. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was peach schnapps. Oh. Yeah, wet. gross. Absolutely gross. I think mine might have been Seagram's. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that this is a convenient solution, right? Yeah. So do you think this is just an accessibility play? No. No? I think there's nothing more accessible than Coors Light. Well, right, right. But so, like, you were saying that now they have to compete with all these craft breweries, um, all of these, like, seltzers different types of alcohol coming out and so they're trying to stay relevant and so the best way that they can stay relevant right now is just to become more accessible than they already are right you've got a point it's just it's when i think of coors light i think of like mcdonald's <laughs> well, and yeah. I, I mean that i mean that <laughs> yeah. from an, i mean that from an accessibility standpoint because anywhere that you go that sells beer they've right. got coors light right well right right so then everywhere so then why is delivery great like like what is so great about delivery cores delivery of cores is not great for a consumer it's great for cores to be able to transact and collect <laughs> that data for the consumer they're better off going to a drizzly or a mini bar themselves and you know get into craft brews or um, craft spirits mm-hmm. or a variety of wines mm-hmm. you can basically have anything delivered yeah. within an hour does so. Drizzly get a percentage? So now that I know about Drizzly, I'm not going to go to Coors Light's Blue Moon page and order it there. So if I skip Coors and go right to Drizzly, 
is Coors, Miller Coors getting a cent for every blue moon I buy off Drizzly? No, it's a complete pass along cost. So they're not monetizing based off of the transaction. Sure. They are likely monetizing based off of a data partnership. Sure. Okay. So it's interesting. I'd like to learn more about how that business operates. Yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of business operations, um, you know, there's this small shop out in Silicon Valley called Google. You know, just wait. A, do we want to save this for next week? Should we? I think so. I mean, we were should like we tease it out. Yeah, we're like 25 minutes in. I think we should save it. How about how about this? Quick quick hits. Quick hits. Um, ads on Google Maps. Does that help you, Hope? No. Joel. All right. It has before. <laughs> Watch him work. Okay, Watch so him work. like yeah. Google owns Waze. I'm on Waze. I, I'm on the way home. Guess what? Oh, man, my life is crazy. I need gas. Oh, I fire up Waze. Oh, look, there's a Gitgo logo. Oh, sure. Let me go to Gitgo. If they already have Waze, then why do they need ads on maps? That sounds like a great question for next week. Hmm. You know, that's, that is a great best-case scenario. <laughs> Next week, we're going to dive into the worst case scenarios for this, this, new, uh, um, this new feather in the cap of Google that's going to sh- you know, save them from the competition that's arising from Amazon. Once again, you're listening to The A-Game. Thank you for joining us this week. And thank you to the panel for a very thoughtful conversation with little to no confrontation. <laughs> I had, uh, we had a spirited conversation that never got recorded last week. Um, needless to say, um, some people thought that delivering alcohol was not convenient enough. So I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. And some people thought that Coronas had lemons in them. Um, somebody misspoke. <laughs> wow, it looks like we're, we're boomerang. We're, we're back. <laughs> but, um, Joel, how can people follow the show again? At the Adcom remember? Group on Twitter. Yeah. LinkedIn. And find us on Facebook, too, and our uh, lovely Instagram channel. Did I say that already? No. Instagram as well. The Adcom Group. Hope, if, if you're a fan of the program, you could always just click to subscribe and rate the program while you're at it. Yeah. So um, next week, Apple we talk maps. Yay. Get excited. Find your way back to us. You see what I did there, Joel? Mm-hmm. Let's take it out. Mm-hmm.